Welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Here to talk all things hockey are your hosts, Brad Crisco, Ryan Hanna, and Evan Lobsinger. Start. No, <laughs> when you're paying attention at the start, I actually always hold out to see how long I can make that you wait. <laughs> for such a quiet person, you hate silence. Yeah, when I'm waiting for you to say something. I think that's why he likes coming to the podcast, just to hear it. We're the white noise. <laughs> he gets so much done. He does his taxes. Most people just leave the TV on in the background, but you do you, man. <laughs> All right. Uh, welcome to the Lucas Raymond podcast, where it doesn't matter what we think we're talking about. We're going to end up talking about Lucas Raymond. I'm a Lucas Raymond fan. My name's Ryan Hanna. I'm Lucas Raymond. Oh, my God. <laughs> you're, you're even shorter in person. And I'm Evan. Uh, this is the Winged Wheel podcast, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, today's episode is the uh, Atlantic Division preview, which is one of our biggest preview episodes of the year, short of the actual Detroit Red Wings season preview episode, which is to come, um, and sometimes episodes, depending on how it shakes out. And I think this is the second or third time in a row now where Lucas Raymond has made us have the same conversation again in the best of ways. Like, this is just the best problem to have. Uh, and it's this funny, like, doesn't matter at all, but still kind of analog to the problem that the Red Wings have with Lucas Raymond, because they had plans. And they were good plans. And Lucas Raymond is saying, "Uh uh-uh, I'm going to play so well, I'm going to mess them up. But before we get into all that, a preview of what we're going to talk about. Preseason games, um, stories outside of Lucas Raymond, believe it or not, they do exist. Uh, What is to come for the Red Wings? Some news, uh, or not news, a little bit of discussion on one Bobby Ryan as well. Um, We have our Atlantic Division preview today, which is, again, you know, the division the Red Wings play in. So it's going to be a fun one. Uh, but before that, our annual tradition, annual quarterly, whatever tradition of bringing our good friend Steve Dangle on podcast to uh, hello. I fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually hockey related. It was Ryan Reeves getting getting jabated into taking a photo with an Islanders fan. <laughs> Can you play the audio so people? <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and this reaction there. <laughs> uh, well, at least it was only that. <laughs> I hope the I hope the mics actually picked that up well enough because <laughs> it was like a very. It was, I thought someone in my backyard was screaming. Um, yeah. Anyhow, we uh, our our tradition of bringing Steve Dangle on the podcast to have him tell us in his own words how pitiful it is to watch the Toronto Maple Leafs and also get his thoughts on the Atlantic is Division. Is it fitting you just mention the name Steve Dangle and <laughs> random screaming appears? <laughs> I actually, for a split second, thought it was a well-coordinated it bit from Evan. Of, it did kind of sound like him, it. It did. Yeah, it's very. It, he has Steve has a very specific shriek, <laughs> and that was uh, that was pretty close. Um, all that before we we get into overtime and some other stories. Uh, <laughs> oh boy. We're organizing this pod. Before we get into uh, the meat of this episode, I first want to talk to you about something very important, which is the Jamie Daniels Foundation, an organization we're very, very proud to partner with. The more we talk about substance use disorder, the faster we can end the stigma and get support to those in need. The Jamie Daniels Foundation is a children's foundation initiative, and it was established in memory of Jamie Daniels and founded by Jamie's father, 
and Red Wings lead announcer Ken Daniels and Jamie's mother Lisa Daniels Goldman. The foundation strives to end the stigma of substance use disorder and provide support to those to those struggling with the disease or who are in recovery. To learn more and offer your support, visit jamiedanielsfoundation.org. And if you haven't watched it, uh, I believe the Bally Sports Detroit Twitter account has posted it as well as um, it was in Elliot Friedman's 32 Thoughts today. Um, Ken Daniels' interview with Manny Legacy. It's about six or seven minutes long. It's uh, incredibly uh, powerful and impactful. And I know a lot of people who were watching it during uh, the the intermission in which that, that interview happened, you know, choked up watching it. But I, I really recommend you watch it. Um, take the time. So much admiration for for Manny uh, and Ken for having that interview, and and that must have been very difficult for Manny to talk about, especially uh, after everything that happened um, this summer in his life. Um, related, did you see Columbus is um, they're having a whole night in honor of uh, Kiv Lennox retiring his number eighty, raising yeah. to the rafters, which is really really nice to see. Yeah, did see that. Um, okay, speaking of uh, preseason games, Lucas Raymond. Last episode, we talked a lot about, you know, Lucas Raymond has shown really well. He's shown up in a big way. He's been one of Detroit's best players, if not their best player. And he's going to, he's going to put Detroit in a really difficult situation because, you know, we joke a lot about, oh, Detroit, Blashill, they send the young guys down. But that was actually a reasonable path for Raymond coming into this preseason. Raymond then went and had uh, a game against chicago the next day the day after we recorded and there's no question about it it's the preseason you know veron is hurt bertuzzi hasn't played larkin's just coming back lucas raymond as of right now is the best player in the winged wheel with how he's playing he is detroit's best player this entire preseason he went out and scored an absolute rip of a goal he beat the reigning vesna winner in a way where (laughs) mickey redmond said no goal in the nhl is saving that a gorgeous one-touch slap pass to Bobby Ryan in front of the net to convert. Multiple other impactful plays where you're watching and you're like, this kid's special. Well, this is uh, where we're going to truly find out if Jeff Blashill is a man of his word because he set unrealistically high expectations for Lucas Raymond to make the team, which whatever or not you think of what those expectations are, that's fine. At least Jeff had them very firmly laid out. And he's like, okay, yeah, if you want to make this team, you have to make 10 great plays a game. Um, Lucas Raymond has done that. I think he did it through two periods. Yeah, legit. Legitimately, he did. Um, Because the argument, too, was in the first two games, yeah, he was dominant and one of the, if not the Wings' best players, but it was against two pretty watered-down preseason rosters. Chicago had their team out there for that third game, and Raymond was the best player in that game. A game that had Kirby Doc, Jonathan Taze, Seth Jones, Dylan Larkin, Robbie Fabry. I can keep going and going and going and going. Lucas Raymond was the best player on that ice. He made a ton of things happen in a variety of different ways. We're now at the point Lucas Raymond has to play his way off of this team. Yep. Because everything Blashill and his wife laid out <laughs> in terms of what Lucas Raymond needs to do to make this team, he has done. And he has done more than that. He has been great in all three zones. He has been absolutely dynamic in the offensive zone, which is the one element the Red Wings have been missing for a while, especially on the playmaking end of things. The power play with Lucas Raymond on, it's damn near unstoppable, which feels 
unbelievably weird to say. Four power play goals. Again, Chicago. Yeah. You used to have to wait six months for that. Back in my day. <laughs> yeah. Like, so the Red Wings, okay, we have to also take this into context. The Red Wings are in the business of winning. Whether or not we can think X, Y, and Z about the timetable of when the Red Wings should be good, that's Eisman's problem. Jeff Blashill doesn't give a shit about that. Nor should he. Nor should he. He absolutely, for all the criticisms I've ever had of him, he's always been in a position to try and win, and I understand that fully. Unless there's, and you can never speculate or confirm this with any confidence, unless Eisman has told him, hey, get the kid, or do this X yeah. and Y, don't worry about the win tonight, but you can never confirm that. Mathematically eliminated with like three weeks left. Okay, yeah, let's make a point to try this and that, even if it's not the yeah. most ideal. Sure. A lot of wink, wink. You can't say this team isn't better with Lucas Raymond right now. You want to win, Lucas Raymond is on this team, plain and simple. Eisenman can come in and go, here's what I think's best for his development based on what I've seen, which as of right now, I think everybody can pretty firmly agree, is the NHL. <laughs> he is too good for the AHL. He is toying with, toying's an extreme word, but he is excelling against top competition. And we can talk about the watered down Buffalo and Columbus preseason rosters. Those are still half NHL players and upper tier AHL players. And then he does it against Chicago, who is a team many expect to make the playoffs this year and who started Marc-Andre Fleury. So there is nothing, nothing anybody can say to justify Lucas Raymond not being on this team right now. There's still three or four preseason games left. Lots of time for things to change. I understand that. There is a reality where he plays his way off of this team. But as of right now, if he's not on the team, something is fundamentally broken in this organization. It's Yeah, it, it, you have it exactly right. He would have to play his way off. We talked about the slap pass and we talked about the goal. But, you know, two other plays that I thought were super noticeable um, or notable, I should say. One is a chance that he created um, – the Blackhawks had the puck uh, below their own red line. Lucas Raymond went in, created a puck battle in which Hronik was able to step in, move the puck free. Raymond picked it up and quickly caught Larkin in front with the incredible hockey sense and vision that he has to create a grade A scoring chance from point blank. Another one is where he received a pass up the sideboards. He was just uh, just before the blue line, um, moved the puck forward toward the net, start, like had the zone entry, skated through either with his edge work and uh, his footwork or it would like an actual dangle, a zone entry through three Blackhawks, one of whom was Seth Jones, who's making a bajillion dollars a year, went around all three of them and had the shot on goal. Okay. Yeah. I, you're like, Ryan, you're just naming two plays. What if he goes on an 11 game, like stinker. And then all of a sudden he sucks and the HL is right all along. He's truly a red one. <laughs> <laughs> and also too, we're, we're oversimplifying this. His ELC doesn't kick in until game 10. You can extend his tryout if you want. If he's on the opening night roster and he gets up against the Tampa Bays and the Torontos and the Bostons of the world and really struggles in those first four, five, six games, it's not too late. He can go to Grand Rapids then. Lots of players have went that path and, and went on to be superstars. That is fine. What I'm just talking game one, he needs to be there. One thing that I'm building to is it calls back to what you said about the timeline. We're looking at a situation here where the Red Wings have uncovered a player 
that very well may move the timeline on his own. And we've talked about that. We've we've said like Moritz Sider is a, is going to be a fantastic defenseman. Does he move the timeline timeline up so much where you start managing the team differently? It's really hard for a defenseman to have that impact. Probably not. Beforehand, we said about Lucas Raymond. We're like, we don't know. Like before the draft, would that be likely? No, probably Lafreniere would be the only player who can maybe do that. This isn't a commentary on Lafreniere's rookie season or a season thereafter, but you know, we're you're he was probably the only one where people would have confidently said that Lucas Raymond. Yeah. All of this is relative to the Red Wings, but shit, if you put this kid in for those nine games and he excels and then you keep him in for the season and he continues to excel, he's in the Calder conversation and he's progressing well. Yeah. Your timeline's moving. Yeah. And it's what we need to happen because you can't rebuild forever. Every rebuild at the end has the catalyst. It might be Lucas Raymond. It might be Shane Wright. It might be Alex Ndelkovic. There's always something that happens. And then it's like, all right, time to step on the gas because X, Y, or Z happened. Lucas Raymond being in the Calder conversation, if that happens. Alex Ndelkovic being in the Calder conversation, if that happens. <laughs> Mo Sider being in the Calder conversation, if that happens, um, is, is all possibles. And if all three of those guys play well, like that's your number one defenseman, your number one forward, and your number one goalie. That's like a that's that different. That's wins. That's wins on the board. It is, and it and you could say, well, yeah, power plays heavy. Well, the Red Wings were in a bunch of close games last year with basically no production on the power play. If they scored fifteen more power play goals last year, how many more points do they have in the standings? It's probably more than you would think. Yeah. So little things like that do matter, and you know if Lucas Raymond pumping out 60 points this year loses a Shane Wright that's fine because Lucas Raymond's a star if he puts up 60 points in his rookie season is he gonna be as good as Shane Wright probably not but there's no guarantee in the lottery you get Shane Wright and if you're getting a guaranteed superstar in Lucas Raymond that is a fantastic outcome and um you know you can sit here and say it's three preseason games and everybody's saying that we fully understand it. We agree with it. Like I mentioned, he can very well still play his way off this team, but this isn't out of left field. This is not something that was completely unexpected for Lucas Raymond going into his draft before we knew he was a red wing. He was our guy. He was the guy we were pounding the table for at number four, hoping he would get there. And he did. For all the embarrassing more at Cider clips, we have a, <laughs> we thankfully have enough Lucas Raymond ones so we don't yeah. look like complete doofuses, only partial doofuses. We've been on record as saying multiple times going into that draft, Lucas Raymond at number four is closer to Lafreniere than he is to whoever they pick at number five. Like that was to me the very obvious top four in that draft and Raymond was in it. There was very, him and Stutzla were on equal footing. Byfield was the unicorn. Who knows what he'll be, but this isn't out of nowhere. So the fact that a guy taken fourth overall, because he's a very high offense, 200 foot complete player comes into NHL preseason and shows that he's a high level offensive, complete two way player should not surprise anybody. We can be happy and excited. This wasn't, did I think he'd do it to this degree through three games? No, obviously not, especially after the like 12 minutes a game he was playing in Sweden last year. But it's also not like completely unexpected. All right, Evan, you've had your time to compile your Atlantic Division notes. <laughs> We've done enough stalling for you. Your thoughts on Lucas Raymond's performance so far? 
it's been impressive and I'd say, you know, it's somewhat surprising because the Red Wings really haven't had a prospect come in to the preseason or into tr- training camp then has really shocked fans and it's it's almost like a new feeling. So it's it's kind of hard to digest almost. Yeah, when was the last time actually a, a prospect came? But he didn't have the dominant preseason. He had like three points in five games, which again, going into his rookie year, fantastic. But he wasn't dominating. Lucas Raymond is the best Red Wing right now. Larkin wasn't. If I remember correctly, Athanasiu had a better preseason than Larkin going into their rookie years. So Pavel Datsuk, maybe? Yeah, but that, I mean, that's back when we were winning cups. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I can't really think of anyone else. Yeah, like Nyquist had that run when he was recalled, but that was in November. Like Even when Nyquist and Tatar, like in their heyday. They were, nope. they were also mid-20s at the time, too. Nobody was saying, like we were saying, like Red Wings fans were saying, oh, thank goodness, a natural heir apparent to the Datsuk Zetterberg. But even the most delusional Red Wings fans knew you weren't going to replace Someone who every playoffs transformed to the best player on the planet and someone who's probably been at multiple times in their career, objectively the best player on the planet in Zetterberg and Datsuk respectively. When we, what really sends us home to me is to how special this is. And we're going to get onto some other Red Wings here in a second. The comparable, and I, I can't do comparables without stating I loathe the concept of NHL comparables because they're inherently flawed and you sound stupid no matter what. But for the sake of the discussion, the comparable that came up the most with Lucas Raymond, pre-draft, post-draft, even now, Mitch Marner. Um, we were chatting. Uh, we were chatting with Max and Prashanth, and, and I believe it was Prashant actually mentioned Huberto might actually be a better uh, comparable. Pedersen's name was also thrown out there. Yeah, and to me, I have no problem talking about those guys stylistically, but I get very anxious when we bring up those names because I'm like, that's. Those are 100-point players. Like, those are trophy-winning players. Like, those are game-breaking players we're talking about at times, depending on when Mitch Marner is playing, regular season or postseason. Um, And I'm not putting Lucas Raymond as a definite into that tier yet, but it doesn't sound insane to me anymore. You pick a guy at fourth overall, it shouldn't sound. It shouldn't be insane. No, but it's big. I've been hurt before energy. Yeah. (laughs) That's what Red Wings fans have. (laughs) Well, hold on. We're just completing... The progression of things here because Jonathan Huberto was a third overall pick. Elias Pettersson was a fifth overall pick. There we go. We're just splitting the difference. So he's somewhere between Huberto and Pettersson. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> that definitely will age like wine and not milk. Um, it better. <laughs> anyhow, Lucas Raymond is playing again in 27 minutes at the time of this recording. So probably by the time you're listening to this, he scored... He's done other notable stuff where you're like, why aren't they even talking about that? He's literally scoring and impressing faster than we can record about it. Yeah. I have never been so close in my life to messaging you guys about an emergency podcast for a preseason hockey game. I would have not showed up. Or, no, or, he, go, or he goes to the Dash 4 tonight and this is the worst conversation we've ever had <laughs> on the podcast. Lucas, please. Let's just... Uh, He's listening right now going, I'll show them. For what it's worth, the lineup that the Red Wings are trotting out, like the top line is still there, but the it's, rest of it's very... AHL audition-y. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Um, other notable points in that game slash games, uh, Moritz Sider. First NHL goal from the point. Nice blast. On a power play. On a power play. Sider <laughs> has slowly, we talked about it before, he's slowly becoming more comfortable. It's not like he was he was gripping a stick too tight or anything, but he was playing very conservative, not going for those big hits like he did uh, in Sweden and Germany. Um, I think he was really leaning, as he should, 
on his pro teammate in, in Nick Letty, um, but he's opening up a little bit more and you can see why Red Wings fans are so excited about Cider. So I'm very, very happy he got that goal. Yeah. Um, so a point shot, well-timed, that got through traffic. Been yes. a while since we've seen that. It was so notable that Evan retweeted it. I did? Yeah, you did. Are you sure? Positive. I, okay. Dude, I check your account 10 times a day to see if you've woken <laughs> up. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. That's like my barometer for, is this game really that special? Oh, yeah, Evan's logged on. This is a, this is a difference maker. Or, or Bryson and Brooks did something. Yeah. He did. Oh, I'm not even going to watch it. It feels so fake now. After the Ryder Cup, when they're like hugging it out, and now that they're doing a match, they should have done it way earlier. Anyway, yeah, they won't get all as the much time money I'm allotted. <laughs> right. You actually had more, but it's like uh, once you hit the brakes, it turns off. Thank kind of you. Yeah. In other notable news, I think the conversation for the most part has been who is Raymond going to bump off this roster? Is this going to come at the expense of Bobby Ryan getting a contract? And Blashill today said when asked, um, these guys can both make the team. It doesn't have to be one or the other. And if they both play well, they both and both deserve to make it. Yeah, that's absolutely a possibility. Bobby Ryan has played well. I think we're seeing the same Bobby Ryan that we saw for the first third to half-ish before injuries took over last season. Um, I'd like to see Bobby Ryan on this team. This is the first time in the history of this podcast we might run into an issue of uh, we have enough good players that we can cut a half-decent player from the roster. Like... I understand roles and yada, yada, yada. We should not care if a Giovanni Smith or a Carter Rowney or a who or a Sam Gagne isn't in the lineup or has to be sent to Grand Rapids. We are well past the point where fourth liners should matter. Obviously, better Rowney and Gagne than Smith because of age, but you obviously role doesn't matter and those players are supremely replaceable. Um, so, yeah, if if your argument is, oh, well, if we keep Lucas Raymond, we're going to have to cut Bobby Ryan because we can't break up our third and fourth lines or grinding line. Yes, you can. If you want to trot out a Michael Rasmussen, Sam Gagne, uh, Bobby Ryan, or throw in Rasmussen there to have like a quasi third scoring line, you can do that. Yep. They actually used to do it that for one season. They did that really well with Thomas Vanek. Yep. You can very much do that, especially with the how good Bobby Ryan is on the power play. This is a no-brainer to me that you keep both of them. It, the team that struggled to score more than almost literally every single team in the NHL last year now has a problem where two guys can score goals. Like it, it's not one or the other. You have Carter Rowney on a one-year minimum contract. Like if that's something that you have to eat, and you he's not used at all, or you send him the way of the dodo, whatever it is. Like, and that's not. I'm not saying oh Carter Rowney's a problem here, but yeah, you're right, Brad. We're at the point where you move those guys out and not the Bobby Ryan's. You you, it's a noticeable enough difference. And I'm not saying this is exactly how the lines are going to break down, but let's play a hypothetical here where the top line is what they've been rolling out: Zadina, Larkin, Raymond, mm-hmm. and let's assume they're at least good. And then the second line is the Guelph connection that we've been dreaming about with Bertuzzi, Suter, and Fabry. Let's assume they're good. Then you have Bobby Ryan on the third line with, let's say, Rasmussen and Nemesnikov for easy argument. Great. And Bobby Ryan does well there. And he contributes on the power play. Now we're halfway through the season and Jacob Vrana is back. Okay. Now you can take, let's say... Fabry off the second line put a legitimate 
top tier NHL goal scorer on that line. And now your third line has Robbie Fabry and Bobby Ryan. That is three lines that can legitimately score goals. And I'm not saying Red Wings level of goals, like no NHL level of goals. Are they going to be a playoff team? No, but if that's your roster and they hang on long enough to get Verona back, it's not crazy that they might be. Not in this division, but they could still be like in the conversation. So if they're if they're ahead of Montreal, Ottawa, and Buffalo at that point, it wouldn't surprise me. I'd be I'd be a it's bit surprised, not, but I'm not saying they're gonna be blowing anybody out of the water, making the playoffs, or like being this huge revelation this year, but I could see them if if everything goes right with Raymond and Ryan and you know everything I just laid out. I think fifth in this division is reasonable. Again, they added Nick Letty. Let's not forget about that. They got Nick Letty and added him to the roster in place of basically nobody. They got Alex Nedeljkovic. They have an upper tier and NHL starting goalie. They're adding a Lucas Raymond. When Vrana comes back, they are adding Vrana because they didn't get him until games didn't matter last year. They're adding a hopefully full year of a healthy Bobby Ryan. They're adding Mitchell Stevens. Like This is a better team. There's no way around it. And the biggest addition of all these players is probably going to be Lucas Raymond and Mo Sider. So you can't sit here and tell me with Raymond and Sider on this team, this team isn't significantly better. And that's not even factoring in a healthy Bobby Ryan and now Nick Letty and now an Alex Nedeljkovic. My thing, you know what? I'm going to save some of this for the Atlantic discussion. Yeah. Um, I don't disagree with what you're saying. To transition in here. Ryan, oh, well, we're actually going to jump into the interview first. That's See, that's where you got it wrong. I tried. You have to have the laptop. Evan's figured it out. You have to have the laptop yep. in front of you to have the notes. Yeah, he gave up on the laptop for the important division. We're doing great. <laughs> yeah. It's all in his head. It wasn't happening today. Yeah, he brought a pie, though. That's an acceptable replacement he for did. a laptop. Oh, man. You know what? The uh, the Evan Pie Dance gif has been has been used more and more on Twitter. Have you seen it floating around, Evan? Uh, of course a little he bit. Hasn't. <laughs> I saw it once. <laughs> Uh, we're overdue for a reprisal of that. Anyhow, uh, we're going to jump into our uh, conversation with good friend of the podcast, uh, Leo's dad, Sportsnet guy, SDPN guy, uh, friend of Adam and Jesse, Steve Dangle. You've probably heard him yell before, and that's just through your open windows and not even on the internet, but he also does that on the internet. Um, always a good conversation with Steve. It's nice to torture him a little bit about the Leafs, uh, and he's, um, to his credit, always said really nice things about the Red Wings. So without further ado, enjoy enjoy that conversation with Steve Dangle. We were delayed starting this interview because we got talking about uh, how Toronto sports caused Steve Dangle misery. So uh, that's a really good transition into welcoming back uh, Steve Dangle of Sportsnet, the Steve Dangle podcast, SDPN, and overall uh, the practice of shaving years off your life due to being upset about sports. Uh, you and Steve. I, I, even my baseball teams are eliminated because of epic collapses against Boston. I, I just... Uh, the Washington, listen, I, I don't hope for a zombie apocalypse, but if there is one, I hope it hits Washington and Boston first. (laughs) (laughs) Just for that game. (laughs) We've all, we all know Boston and there is a very reasonable chance the zombie apocalypse just does happen to start in Boston. How far in would we like, no. You know, that's my favorite part about all those zombie movies is it takes (laughs) them a minute to be like, oh, these are zombies. Yeah, it's uh, anyway, you guys, you guys like the Leafs or? Oh, no, this is wrong show. 
<laughs> Do you even like the Leafs? That's the first question. I don't know. Sometimes. I was I was genuinely um for those of you who haven't listened, I, I I'd be shocked if you haven't listened to Steve Dangle, but obviously um you'll find him on Sportsnet, you'll find him on the Steve Dangle podcast with Adam and Jesse. Great listen. If you do, Steve, I actually thought last year's playoff run was the end of it all. I thought there's no way he's coming back. Uh, he has to be walking away from this. I People uh, keep tweeting me clips from the Game 7 video, and I'm like, giving her! And I'm just screaming. And and what, what, what is particularly amazing about last year's Game 7 video is it was 25 minutes of no jump cuts. <laughs> I, I screamed for 25 minutes. I couldn't believe it. Guys, I couldn't believe it. Like, uh, there's, I don't even know how you would relate to that as Red Wings fans because, like, Can't. even like there was that one year they won the President's Trophy and lost in the first round of the Kings, I think, mm-hmm. and the Purple Kings too. Like, ugh. and I'm sure that made you very mad because you had expectations that they were going to win. But at least there wasn't this enormous drought hanging over you, and that division was. <laughs> handcrafted to just give it to them to just give it to them to as a rogers employee to set up matthews versus mcdavid but i guess we can't have anything like oh do you know how many near play amazing playoff series the leafs have ruined the 93 cup final against montreal underrated one that didn't happen is we were two games away from a detroit toronto cup final in 02 Oh yeah! Ah! Oh, oh yeah! I know. Or, or Gary Roberts almost did it single-handedly. And when I found out the Leafs were playing Carolina that year, because they had these two amazing seven-game series heading into that, and they got Sundin back from injury, I was like, "Oh my God! They're about to beat the Hurricanes! They're about to beat the Hurricanes, and they're going to go to the Cup final!" I can't believe this. And then they lost that one too. Oh. Archer Zerbe, baby. If if it makes you feel any better. Just think about the O2 wings. You they didn't have a chance. No. No, that's the thing. <laughs> about about both cup finals we just discussed they would have died. Like both <laughs> both times they would have been smushed uh under their skates. Yes. So Steve, um unfortunately you keep uh you keep getting you know, bigger in the world of hockey. You, the congratulations on the developments with the Steve Dangle Podcast Network. Bringing in Chris Johnson is is obviously fantastic. That CJ show is going to be already is amazing. Um, you, Jesse, and Adam are, are just doing incredible stuff. If you keep getting busier and have less time for us, we will keep sending your kid more Winged Wheel Podcast and Detroit Red Wings gear. You know that, right? He, um, you know what? So I haven't put him in it yet because it was a bit bigger, but I think he might fit into it now. We, oh, I, I sent you a big winged wheel podcast onesie intentionally yeah. for delayed satisfaction. So, ah, uh, <laughs> he's a pretty big kid. He's a decently big kid. Yeah. I got to try that. I'll mention that to my okay. wife. All right. So uh, Steve, let's jump right into it here. Toronto is coming back to the actual Atlantic division. You have the repeat cup champ tampa bay lightning boston who will seemingly never die as a competitor the florida panthers who are figuring out how to actually convert and be a cup contender you have montreal who's doing whatever it is montreal does and trying to make things difficult especially win the cup or finish last (laughs) like yeah ottawa if they can figure out brady kachuk isn't going to be insignificant and then you have detroit and buffalo at the bottom 
for Toronto, who's been through so much and and squandered, to put it lightly, squandered, completely choked away a phenomenal opportunity last year. <laughs> your outlook coming into this season. Tell us about it. Uh, I mean, it's good because this team buckles under the uh, slightest expectation. They just crumble in every big moment. And, uh, you know, what a better time, you know, they, they finished first with no fans in the building, but what, what a better time with no one expecting them to do anything with everyone thinking their window is slammed shut and they blew their shot. You know, what better time to get our hopes up by the spring and do it again. So do you think that the no fans in the building actually played a part last season? Because no, I mean. It's it's Toronto. Like it's the center of the hockey universe. If these guys can't handle any pressure, you might as well fold it in and start the rebuild now. No, no, no. You, you know, you know what uh, played a part last year is that they were the best team in the Canadian division and blew it anyway. Like that that is that is it. So you look at last year's team and you look at the outcome and uh good luck like trying to apply or figure out how the hell that factors into this season. On paper, are they better? Are they worse? I don't know. I, I really don't. They, but I can't get past the fact that they should have won and didn't. And if you watch the All or Nothing documentary, which I wouldn't have expected you guys to have, but it, it's fascinating, especially the last couple episodes, um, because it details their 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 loss in the playoffs game by game all season long. They knew the problem was between the ears, and when push came to shove, they crumbled again. So naturally what you want to do with that team is uh, run it back minus <laughs> one of the only players who never drives you nuts in Zach Hyman. So, so I, I really don't know what to expect. Yeah. Cause as an outsider who has no emotional investment in the Leafs, it was fascinating watching that series, the fallout and then what to do going this year, because I would argue the Leafs were clearly the better team in Five of those seven games. The one overtime when, uh, which one was it? When caught Kenny Game scored. six. Yeah, Toronto. What were the shots? Eleven to two in that overtime. Thirteen to one, and then Dermot gave it away, and the second shot went in. Yeah, like you can't sit fine. there and say <laughs> that Toronto shouldn't have won that series, but they just found a new and creative way not to. So that was a new had, one. Losing, yeah. by being the better team. That was new. Yeah, and then Montreal, new. the team that beat Toronto, went in and smacked around Winnipeg. So you have to assume Toronto probably would have done all right in that series. They would have. So taking the emotion out of it, it sounds stupid to say run it back, but like you don't overhaul that roster because they were the better team and they were the best team in the round robin. And you have to think they're still good. So what the hell do they change this year? Uh, you know what the Leafs did at last year's deadline, by the way, is they paid the same for Dave Riddick as the Red Wings paid for Alex Nedeljkovic. <laughs> think about that. <laughs> That's a bad look. Ah, like, I really can't believe it. I really can't believe it. Um, oh. uh, I think, I mean, you know, we talked about what the hell are the Montreal Canadiens. I mean, what they are is a poor regular season team and a great playoff team. And that's not always conducive for making the playoffs, but once they get there, they'll actually have success with the Leafs. We know they're going to be a pretty good regular season team and they'll be in the mix 
for one of the top three Atlantic spots, maybe the wild card. Um, they should be fine. They should be fine. No, no Toronto Maple Leafs fan is concerned about that part. <laughs> you know, they're, they're concerned about just, just win a round for God's sake. And now I don't even know if that'd be good enough. Cause last I've year they never, were supposed to win two. I've never seen an entire team organization have the yips. Like I've seen a oh. player. I've seen a pitcher, of course, but an entire team. Cause the thing is there's a, there's an imaginary line and if your team is just a certain amount of good, you are a cup competitor. I think there are plenty of teams who have the right combination of players to be a cup competitor. I think the Maple Leafs are a mile behind, beyond that line. I think they are so par, far past the threshold where it's like, yeah, this team could win a cup and you wouldn't look at that roster and say, how the hell? But they just have the – like Toronto has the yips. They've been – you look at some really great individual performances over the last few playoffs that they've had. Uh, and yeah, out, outshot them 13 to one. And then in the end, 13 to two in the overtime of game six, the last three all or nothing games that they've had. So game seven, this past year, game five in the bubble against the blue jackets in game seven in 2019, they've been outscored 11 to two. Like that's not, that's not normal. That's not okay. And it is exactly that the yips. It's, it's when I saw that Ted Lasso episode, I was like, oh my God, that's what they have. <laughs> They're all Danny Rojas right now. Like it, I, I, I just, I, I don't know what to do with them. And it should have been a sign that, you know, with, uh, Ottawa giving them such fits throughout the season, even though Ottawa was not a good team, uh, that they might have trouble. That by the way, is the team that the Detroit Red Wings need to strive to be this season is last year's Ottawa senators, except they'll have consistent goaltending. I think this might be the year guys that I've been telling you about where Detroit catches the league a little bit surprised. Well, well we've been talking about it. It might not be crazy. Yeah. They've cleared out a good amount of the rot and depending on, on how injuries and stuff shakes out, like we might see a team with Lucas Raymond and Mo Sider on it. Mo Sider's already made it, but Lucas Raymond's making noise. Joe Valeno's poised to make it. So yeah, we Eisenman's gotten rid of the bad, at least like the, 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 the anchors are gone. Yep. And you gotta, I, I don't know how you lucked into Nadelkovich who, who is still eligible for the Calder, even though he was nominated for it. God damn right. He is. <laughs> I, I love it. I absolutely, well, he's, he's going to get nominated again, but he'll lose it to Michael Bunting, who is also apparently a rookie still. I don't understand. Feel like Michael Bunting's twenty eight, and even if you tell me his actual age, you're not gonna convince me otherwise. That's what. Well, so the the story I, I always tell is he gave my cousin a concussion when they were like fifteen, and <laughs> and I saw that stat and I'm like, isn't my cousin thirty? Like, I, 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 how old is he? I to text my cousin, how old are you? I yeah, I was surprised. I was surprised. <laughs> Okay, uh, we're going to get into asking you for your predictions uh, for the Atlantic. But first, I have one more Leafs-specific question. You know, we talked about the yips. The players are good enough. Yeah, people have questions about defense. Yeah, people have questions about goalie. But there's something has to change with the Leafs or something needs to be done different. Sheldon Keefe just got extended for two seasons. Mm -hmm. Does that answer come from coaching? And the follow-up is what do you think about Keefe's extension? I, I do really like the Keefe extension. I don't care how much the money is because it doesn't apply to the cap and it's not my money. 
Um, but watching the, the all or nothing documentary, um, you really understand that Keefe was not just not the problem, but he might've been the brightest light on the team. He really saw the forest for the trees and he understood what they did well, um, through losses and what they did poorly through wins. Um, he was, he was magnificent, uh, and has been. And what's amazing, you know, Babcock got fired what feels like 15 years ago. And this is Sheldon Keefe's first full training camp in preseason and first 82 game season. It's, it's unfathomable. The passage of time does not make sense because of the pandemic, but like, it actually feels like 15 years ago where we lost Bab- we lost Babcock where the Red Wing- Babcock left the Red Wings and joined Toronto and he's since been not blows my mind. It, it it's it melts me. Melts me. Yeah. So with all that being said, Steve, give me your rankings. What are oh. you thinking in the Atlantic this year? Oh boy. So I don't think there will be a dominant team. Um the easy answer there is Tampa, but Back-to-back finals takes a toll on your body, and I don't think it can be understated that they lost their entire third line, which that's kind of tough, right? That's that's kind of tough. They lost the whole thing, the whole thing. Um, so I, I could see them dropping first place, but I'm going to put them in first, and it's going to be a tight first, though. The, the Florida Derby, I think, is going to be fantastic. Um, Panthers probably second depends how much Bob plays. And if he's any good, I think Spencer Knight's going to be pretty good. Um, Ooh. And then who do we have? Ooh. The Leafs should perform better than the Bruins. In theory. Yep. In the regular season, they should, (laughs) they really, really should. Will they? Ah, I don't know. And then down in the wild card territory, uh, I'd probably put Bruins fourth, Habs f- fifth even, which sounds disrespectful, but like, dude, they were garbage. <laughs> they were garbage <laughs> last season. They were actual trash. They finished with fewer, I think it was fewer points. No, it was fewer wins than the Flames or Flyers who missed the playoffs. I think it was the Flames because I remember them having games against Calgary in the last week of the season, and it was all about heavy playoff implication. Now Montreal won those games, but they were that close to getting bounced by Calgary. Yeah, uh, Cole Caulfield with those like two overtime winners that he had or whatever. He like he saved their season, and he he's the biggest X factor there for them um, because boy, they could not score, but that kid's dynamite, um, and. Uh, I think Detroit probably overtakes Ottawa. Ottawa's off to a bad start. Um, I think a lot of what made Ottawa look so good last year is the division stunk. Um, And Detroit's going to get much better. I have a feeling Brady Kachuk's going to hold out, and that's going to hurt them. I don't know if Matt Murray's going to figure it out. Um, Who knows? Maybe Ottawa takes a step, but... Uh, no, 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 Steve. Did you not hear Pierre? The rebuild's over. Oh, the re. Oh, right. So they're not. They can't finish seventh. The rebuild's over. They're real. They're pretty uh, like sure of themselves, eh? They're pretty cocky for a team that's done nothing. And, hey, confi- confidence isn't lacking. Yeah, and uh, at the bottom, the Buffalo Sabers, who are shambolic 
and 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 a and a great example of why the NHL should consider relegation. That 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 <laughs> that joke of a franchise, that piece of garbage. I really am so sick of them. I'm sick of them. And it's not even that they're bad. It's that they're bad at everything. They it's they don't lose. They don't just lose games. Uh, they don't. Spell names right on jerseys. They have knockoff jerseys. They the 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 Jack Eichel situation makes absolutely no sense. Uh, it's it's Kevin Adams playing check checkers against himself uh, on a snakes and ladders board. I, I there really is no plan there. They stink and I hate them. <laughs> All right, Steve. One more thing before we let you go. You've covered the Toronto Maple Leafs your whole life. Uh, I don't know why I was so mean to the Sabres. <laughs> it's no, I it's, just, it's it easy. You, you they deserve know, it. You know what? No, they do deserve it. I hate what they've done to their fans, and also what they're doing to Jack Eichel is wrong. So I just want to say that. Thank you. This is going to be on a different episode from the one we just recorded, but thank you for backing up a point you didn't know I made an hour ago. I'm right, and so are you. <laughs> Oh, now I hate you. Um, it's it's a miracle that in all your time covering the Leafs, both when they were good and bad, you still have that much hair and that much hair with color in it. Um, you've covered a team that's gone through all the stages of a rebuild. What's your message to Wings fans knowing where they're at right now? Oh, man. I mean, what I've been looking forward to and what I think Red Wings fans have been looking forward to is for – Iserman to stop making the Red Wings bad on purpose, which I think he's finally committed to doing. He went out and he got Alex Nedeljkovic, and I was like, what? That's a buy. That's interesting. What, what are you trying to be good or something? And I think the answer is yes, finally. Um, you know, when you got a goalie, you, you got a chance every single time. Like you said, they got rid of a lot of the bad. Um, they brought in well, are developing some really good young players. There's always going to be someone who surprises you. It's it's amazing what having a young roster like that does to a veteran's legs uh, as well. You, you might see some really magical performances, though. The Vrana injury is just so unfair. It's so unfair. And the Bertuzzi situation is a bit of a black cloud over there. But, but uh, you should have hope in that... Eiserman is trying to make this team uh, good on purpose, and I, I really think they're only a year away from making some noise. Good on purpose. All right, folks, Steve Dangle of Sportsnet, the Steve Dangle podcast, Leo's dad, um, the lesser half uh, to Mrs. Dangle, all those nice things. Steve, until next time, thanks for coming on the show. I really thought after the Leafs were knocked out how they were last season that we were going to have to have a conversation with Steve as to how to integrate him into the show because he was going to give up <laughs> on the Leafs. Like I thought it was over. <laughs> hey, good for him. Actually, no, not good for him. He, this is, this is the abusive relationship that he can't get out of. I will remember him fondly one day. <laughs> yeah. He's, uh, I, I want it like, I know he watched the Amazon prime series, but man, I, if I, if I was a Leafs fan, there's no way I could watch that. I would block that from every device I have in my house. I can't believe that. Like that series started out being recorded as like uh, follow one of the most follow the team that like lives and plays in what is known as hockey's Mecca. Like just uh, just an incredible 
incredibly well-known franchise, the Cowboys of the NHL, like they should be competing for the cup. And then it turned into hard knocks (laughs) (laughs) here. Watch the Cleveland Browns. (laughs) And I didn't say Detroit lions. More and more it's happening where like we record on a Sunday after the lions lose. And they're like, Ryan, you didn't even mention the Justin Tucker field goal. It's like, why do you think that is? Anyhow, the Atlantic division. Where do we want to start here? The basement, Buffalo, next. (laughs) Buffalo is, you know, we said a lot about Columbus and how they're going to have a tough year. Um, Buffalo, (sighs) I think it was by Dom's model, Buffalo somehow projects worse than Arizona. Arizona has infinity picks and there's because they sold everybody who is not stapled to the bench outside of Phil Kessel and they're still somehow more projectable than the Sabres. Jeff Skinner, who was relegated to the third and fourth line for probably far too long, um, is going to find himself as a first, second line player, even though people might not or the, the team might not like him as a player anymore, but there's just no one else. Like Casey Middlestat and Dylan Cousins are going to be running that those first two lines. I don't and know it, if I can name another forward on the Sabres that we haven't already mentioned. Uh, Tage Thompson is probably Victor Olofsson. That's what you're getting Olofsson, into. Yeah, yeah, forgot about him. He's not bad. Well, <sighs> oh, Zemgis. Yeah, Gergensen's, Vinny Hinnestroza, Kyle Ocposos. is there now. Yeah. Oh, and I forgot the ghost of Kyle Oposo was there. So, the Sabres are going through, again, another rebuild. And we we don't know what they're going to get back in exchange for the Jack Eichel thing either. Uh, whatever that Probably is. Probably not a roster player for this year. No, and you know what? That's smart of them. They want to be have as good of odds for Shane Wright as they can possibly manage. Because that team, they're near on the citizens of Buffalo burning the, down the building. And I wouldn't blame them for doing so. I think the only saving grace for the Sabres right now is that the Bills are good. Those are the only two professional sports teams in Buffalo, and they play at the same time, and that is the Sabres' only saving grace. (sighs) Okay, I'm going to say – I'm going to talk about who I think are going to be the bottom four teams. I'm on pins and needles for this one. Well, okay, it's very obvious we're talking about the Sabres, (laughs) the Red Wings, the Senators, and the Habs here. Um, I'm going to be f- completely frank, and I know I've been the lowest of the three of us on the Red Wings every year since we've started doing these previews, and I probably will be again. I have Sabres 8th, Red Wings 7th, Senators 6th, Canadians 5th. Here's my justification. You're a traitor and a evil commie. I got it. Yeah. I mean, that shouldn't be new. <laughs> All of this is predicated upon the Senators not messing up with Brady Kachuk and actually getting him, in, getting him on the ice. Cause well, he's already not starting the season. They've said that and Colin White is now out long-term. And that, that would be the movement there where I can see the Red Wings it's moving. It's a third of their top six. Anyhow, <laughs> here's why I think the Red Wings are going to finish six. Matt Murray is their goalie. <laughs> Re- relevant to the Red Wings specifically, and that's who I'll start with. For all the reasons Brad listed out prior to the interview, the Red Wings have gotten better. Some mitigating factors that I think will work against them standings-wise, maybe not necessarily, like, think of the game we watched against Chicago. Believe it or not, they lost that game. Like, we just gushed and, and glowed and and practically, you know, stripped because of how happy we are about that game. Preseason wins and losses don't matter. Don't, but don't, they still don't, lost. Don't harsh my buzz. They still lost. Hey, remember Austin Matthews' debut? Four goals? Yeah, Toronto lost that game. And th- 
Toronto fans still excited about that. Yeah, nobody remembers it. So we're talking about Lucas Raymond. Get off it. (laughs) I think we might see a lot of that this season where the Red Wings put up good performances. But like you said, Brad, the division around them is still really good. Montreal, who's probably on the outside looking in for the playoffs, is still going to be a tough team to play if they're playing anyone not no, not the Red Wings because that's, yeah, that's a kryptonite. That's what, eight to ten free points for the Red Wings this year? It's it's going to be a much tougher division than what they played in last year with, with the makeshift central. Yes, the Red Wings got a goalie who projects better and who has a more of a long-term future in Alex Delkovich, but let's not forget Jonathan Bernier has played out of his had played out of his mind for three years or two years or whatever for the Red Wings. So the standard of goaltending that we might be getting with Alex Delkovich, it could still be really, really good and not even as good as what Jonathan Bernier gave us because he overperformed. Or maybe we're underrating him and that's actually how good he is. We've seen a little flash of that in New Jersey already. Um you said a, an injury-free so-and-so. We're a couple weeks in. We still haven't seen Bertuzzi on the ice, and Verona's already out for four months. Who knows what else is going to happen? And yet we still have a passable top six. You're right. And the, the, that, like none of this is to detract from what you said. It's just like a ledger here. Moritz Sider and Lucas Raymond are going to determine how good this team is and how fast they're that good. You know how we talk about father time being undefeated? Very rarely is, you know, father time undefeated on like the earlier side of that spectrum, if that makes sense. Like rookies, doesn't matter how good they are, are going to face challenges over an 82 game season. Almost always, very rarely do you see a rookie come in and over the stretch of an entire season, not struggle whatsoever. Except for Lucas Raymond, Mosider, and Alex Nadelkovich. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Where's, <laughs> listen, I'm always the negative one. So I'm just, I'm just really enjoying being on the other end of this road. like, I'm in my standings. I'm going to probably end up agreeing with him. I'm just saying <laughs> this is, this is fun for me. Where do we get these psychos who think like the Red Wings are going to be competing for the cup? Meanwhile, Brad's Fringe hitting up plants. <laughs> <laughs> like I've already got the parade route mapped out. And anyhow, I've ordered the confetti. That's why I think. The Red Wings are probably more liable to fall in the 6th, 7th range. I'll take my first answer. I'll put him at 7th. You're right that Brady Kachuk not starting the season and Colin White being out is going to hurt the Senators quite a bit. And Matt Murray is their goaltender. Yes, Matt Murray does continue to be their goaltender for reasons unbeknownst to Well, for the money. Um, but they did take a much bigger step last year because they've they've kind of sold out to do so well, faster. They, they finish ahead of Detroit because the rebuild's over. Right, which they have to. That's I think those are the rules. They've declared like Michael Scott and Montreal, again, for as much as we can disagree about their methodology in terms of rebuilding and how sustainable this is, as of right now, they are a team that did go to the Stanley Cup finals. I think Suzuki and Dvorak are perfectly capable as top two centers. Um, They have Cole Caulfield, who, you know, Steve mentioned, he's going to be a difference maker for them. Carey Price is still their goaltender. They have might not start the season due to injury. Right. Yeah. Because all of a sudden after he cleared the Seattle draft, he's hurt again. Yeah. And um, Shea Weber and their number one defenseman and captain is out for the season probably forever. Anyhow, that's my bottom four. I'd love to know what you guys think. I actually agree with your bottom four. Buffalo. Yeah. Moving on. Um, <laughs> That's your best take since you've joined the, since we've started this show. Like what, what else? Oh, yeah. what, what else is there to say? Really? Um, I, yeah, I've got Detroit at seven simply for all the things you said. I think just the teams ahead of them have a little bit more realized yeah. potential in their prospects. Like, you know, Drake Batherson's a little bit further ahead. Thomas Shabbat's a little bit further ahead. Tim Stutzel is a little bit further ahead. Like, 
I still hold stock in those teams just being a, a, the Ottawa Senators just being a touch further ahead than Detroit. That being said, I could definitely see a scenario where you know Detroit goes on a good run and Ottawa is very volatile right now without um, Brady Kajuk being signed and, and Matt Murray being Matt Murray. That could be a really bad team. Um, so there is a very good chance that the Red Wings are better than them, but this is just how I'm feeling right now. Um, so Ottawa would be sixth. Um, Montreal, I think, is right there after them, um, simply because how, like, I don't think they really replaced Shea Weber or Philip Deneau. Um, Nick Suzuki will obviously be playing a bigger role this year. Christian Dvorak makes them better than Kakinami does right now. But, like, Carey Price is out. Is Jake Allen still their backup? Yes. Okay. So, like, is he ready to step into a majority role? I don't, he's done it before. This is the Montreal Not Canadiens. Well, <laughs> um, so, I, I think there, I think this is a very, uh, a division where you have the haves and the have nots. The have nots. <laughs> <laughs> Bang, got him. All right, I'll see, you. Podcast, I'll see you guys Sunday. Um, I just think that's how the bottom four looks in this division. I very distinctly remember last season's Central Division preview where I had to do absolute mental gymnastics to try to justify not putting the Red Wings in last place in that division. You should have just done it like I did. Just, so easy. Just to give some level of optimism because I'm always the most pessimistic asshole when it comes to the Red Wings on this podcast and I fully embrace that role. But I, I really do like what they've done this off season. So I don't want, I have, I have for the first time real genuine optimism going into a season with the new addition of the four horsemen, right? Evan? Yeah. Which uh, genuine optimism from Brad. Oh, yeah. 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 I don't think they're going to make the playoffs and I don't think they're going to like be the story of the NHL or anything like that. But I, I expect significant improvement this year. This is all predicated that Sider and Raymond are on the team. Yep. Um, so if Raymond uh, is cut and does not play this season, just assume they're down there with Buffalo. <laughs> I mean, we joke, but fair. Yeah. So th- this year, it's it- it's there. Everything is lining up. And even Steve mentioned it. Like, this is the year that he thinks Detroit's going to surprise people. And, and surprise people, I mean, not finish last. But it almost feels unfair to be like, oh, I didn't put them in last place. Optimism. Buffalo doesn't count. If you put them seventh, you put them last. <laughs> oh, Steve's going to have a hard yeah. reality of being a Red Wings fan <laughs> yeah. soon, isn't he? <laughs> But no, Wait, like, I've seen this before. <laughs> but legitimately, I think the way everything's shaping up right now, it's going to be Buffalo 8, Ottawa 7, Detroit 6, Montreal 5. But I want to make the caveat because this is genuinely how I feel that Detroit will finish closer to Montreal than they do Ottawa. Okay. I think there's a lot of volatility at the bottom half of this division. Like, I think any <laughs> four bad teams, it could get weird. <laughs> yeah. Any of those teams are a couple of players away from being an absolute dumpster fire so you know talk to me again in a couple yeah. of weeks and we'll see how i feel then larkin zadina raymond get injured one of them it's, it's honestly all I, bets are off where the, like <laughs> like raymond like losing larkin i think would hurt raymond the most because i think they work so well together and he's gonna be the yeah. sort of it turns the wheel and stirs the drink on that line like that would be 
devastating if Larkin goes down because there's going to be huge ripple effects for everyone in the lineup. Yeah, if Larkin gets hurt, send Raymond down the next day. I, I totally would agree. <laughs> yeah. just, oh, sorry, kid. We don't want you to deal with this. Also, um, it's worth noting that Raymond, if he continues to play like this, we talk about Larkin and, and why his offensive stats have been you know a little bit muted since he had a season where he was at points nearly a point per game. Raymond could do some unlocking here. He could do some revival of that. And that's what Larkin would need. So it goes both ways. Well, this circles back to, I feel like, every pre-draft conversation we've had for four years. What do the Red Wings lack? You can talk about positions all you want, but stylistically, what do they lack? They've never had a playmaker. Philip Zadina might be the best shooter on this team. He's the best playmaker on this team, too, When with Verona being injured, obviously. I think Verona. Larkin's better than Zadina playmaking. It's Close enough. Ta- right? Let's talk at the end of the yeah, year. Yeah, it's it's close enough that that's a sad reality because I don't think Larkin's a particularly gifted playmaker either. Like he's he's good at it, but I, are you saying he's not like star level playmaker, like one of the league's best? I sure, think, but I, I think, think he's I think he's pretty far above average. I would say he's a normal above average, if that makes sense. Okay, and but he's a first line center. Like you want him, right? So, but either way, like the Red Wings don't have that Nicholas Backstrom. Type. They okay, yeah, yeah. They don't yeah, have yeah, that yeah. Mitch Marner. They don't have it. Lucas Raymond is the first guy they've had since we started this podcast. Well, since Datsuk retired, and Zetterberg retired, I'll say where they have they have a gifted playmaker. So yeah, Larkin and Zadina's jobs should be uh, get uh, receive puck from someone, put it in net. Raymond can be the guy who fills that role, which those two guys have never had. They've had to be the playmaker for each other. So it does create this entirely new dynamic. In the top six that they haven't had. And we I've gushed all this optimism and haven't even mentioned, oh yeah, we also got Pew Suter. Right. right? So a a huge upgrade on the second line center, no matter how much of a below average second line center he is relative to the NH rest of the NHL. Yeah. So they are tenuous in the like it just takes one star player to get hurt and they're screwed, but they already have one who's missing most of the season and and we're still having the optimistic conversation, right? Which is wild to think about. Yeah. And God knows what's going to happen with Bertuzzi, but they lost Verona and you can look at that top six and go, yeah, this is still definitely better than last year, which is all we've needed for a long time to be able to have that kind of depth at a such a thin position. And it's not above average league depth. I still put them sixth in the division. So let's let's be clear about this. I don't think they're going to set the world on fire. My expectation is I do think they are a much better team than they were last year. I think about the people who call us like aggressively biased a lot. And here we are checking ourselves because Brad plays the Red Wings sixth. <laughs> um, starting Almost at- fifth. <laughs> I'm going to flip. Let's not get crazy. I'm going to flip to the top of the division here and how I think it's going to go. The Tampa Bay Lightning are repeat Stanley Cup champions. Um, they've annoyingly ruined the meme of we know this isn't what you wanted to the tweet, you know, the tweet after they got uh, knocked out in the first, the swept in the first round. Oh, my God, that their retort to Carolina. Did you see that? No. Oh, it was good. So when uh, I saw this the night Twitter and face uh, Instagram and Facebook were down, the Carolina Hurricanes posted a picture of them celebrating after scoring a goal against Nashville and the Nashville player was like laying down and it just had Facebook and Instagram over the Nashville player and Twitter written over the Carolina player. And then uh, Tampa did the same thing, but with the Carolina team and then Carolina copy and pasted that one tweet and quote tweeted that and then Tampa replied to it. Ah, that was two cups ago. 
I'm like, oh, that is such a money reply. <laughs> that, that's the moment that social media manager has been waiting for forever. Yeah. Tampa lost quite a bit and still looking at a first line of Braden Point, Nikita Kucherov, Andre Plot. That team I still is going to be th- I think is going to be competing for the division and I think they will make me look dumb for placing them second because I think Florida if all goes well for them and I think this is this hinges on a few things one one of Bobrovsky or Spencer Knight figuring it out this season uh, two Sam Bennett continuing to work out for them and three Anton Lundell being as impressive as we know Anton Lundell can be um, this is a cup competitive team. I think if they stay healthy and they continue to have it figured out under Joel Quenville, uh, that they're going to win the division. So I have Panthers lightning Leafs Bruins is funny because do you bet on the Leafs? <clears throat> they're coming back into a, a harder division than what they were playing in. And, you know, you can say what you want about their roster. John Tavares is a year older. What are they doing on their wings? You know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I still have them above Boston. I have Leafs third, Boston fourth. David Krejci leaving, I think, is is a pretty under-discussed hit against the Bruins. I can't believe I'm back to betting against the Boston Bruins, but here I am putting them in a wild-card spot. So that's my order. And here I thought I was going to be edgy putting Florida first, you piece of shit. <laughs> no. I mean, you shouldn't have to justify Florida first. Depth in net, depth at defense, depth at forward with elite talent. I th- the conversation for so long was Alexander Barkov's the most underrated player in the league that it's kind of almost gone the other way now because everybody says that. But it's ironic because now that label should be put on Jonathan Huberdeau because I don't think anybody truly realizes what a superstar Jonathan Huberdeau is. Like, he's been playing at damn near 100-point pace for a few seasons now. Yes, he's very Like, good. he is a legit upper top 10 player in the world. Um, if not top 10, very much in the conversation. And they... Didn't have Ekblad for a chunk of last season. Mackenzie Wegar has turned into it. Like, he got Norris votes last year. Like, many. He was in the top 10 finalists. Um, There are no holes on that team. And like you said, they don't need Bobrovsky and Spencer Knight to be great. They just need one of them to yeah. figure it out. And even if that flip-flops. And there's a reality both of them do. Yeah. Like, if Bobrovsky gets back to himself and Spencer Knight progresses even more as a goalie, like, they're sitting on the best tandem in the league. You can argue about how much that tandem costs, but it doesn't matter if they're both performing, right? So, yeah, no, I'm I'm big on the Panthers bandwagon, and that doesn't even include they added Sam Reinhart, right? So, and right. then you forgot about Sam Reinhart. Florida, and they brought back Duclair, yes, yeah, I believe yeah, so yeah. Like, what what is to not like about that team? Uh, the only difference in my top four is I'm going to put Toronto too. Oh, okay. Um, wow, they're That's edgy. They're going to be pissed. They're, let's be honest, they're a good regular season team and they have been for a while. So there's no reason to think they won't be good in the regular season again. Um, you know, they're they're just as talented as they were last year. They're just more pissed off now. They, they're more motivated now. I'm not saying that's going to translate come playoff time, but, you know, over an 82-game season, that does go a long way because they're going to be hungry the full season. Tampa, obviously Tampa's great. And I think all three of these teams finish well over 100 points. They're just going to beat the shit out of Montreal, Detroit, Ottawa, and Buffalo all year and just uh, accumulate the points. Um, But they did lose their entire third line. One of their most effective lines in the playoffs. Gone. Every one of them. Uh, McDonough's another year older. A couple of their other key players are are older. Um, So, 
you know, they're going to be great. They're going to keep it interesting. There's probably going to be less than five points separating one through three in this division, mm-hmm. honestly. Um, but yeah, they're they're banged up. They're beat up. They haven't had the rest the other teams have. That is the downside of coming off back-to-back cups is it takes a hell of a toll. Um, so I think they're going to be good. I just I just think they're going to be a little more complacent than than Florida and Toronto. And then, yeah, Boston, we predict their demise every year. It never happens. But God knows what's happening with Rask right now. They don't have Char anymore. They don't have Krejci anymore. There's a lot of questions around that team. Taylor Hall helps. They get a full season of Taylor Hall, which they didn't have last year. So that should help offset the the loss of Krejci, even though he's a winger, but still talent-wise. They'll be good. I just don't think Boston's anything special at this point. I have the same top four as you, Ryan. Oh, you guys are so creative. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Um, trying to think of notable additions to the conversation that's already had. Um, the reason why I had Boston so low is because they don't have basically any of their goaltenders returning other than Jeremy Swayman, who has been significantly good in his, his short tenure, but now he's going into a full season. Yeah. How so- dare you dis- <clears throat> besmirch the good name of Linus Olmark? Who? Yeah kind of unironically yeah <laughs> yeah um so I, I still like boston's depth a lot but when you start looking at the other three teams who are a part of the halves um i don't like them nearly as much as the other three so that's why i had them there um florida was there any additions i wanted to make there really the only question mark is if one of their goalies can just be average i i would be willing to bet a lot of money that they'll get that so <clears throat> i have them as the as number one tampa just sort of the banged up you know long playoff runs yeah. losing your the entire third line but i mean in essence their core still exists so it's very difficult for me to uh look uh vote against them and then the leafs like Okay, do I like Jack Campbell and Peter Razik as my two goalies? Definitely not. Um, <laughs> but you wouldn't have liked Frederick Anderson and Jack Campbell either. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, we know if, if there's any people who know something about Peter Razik, it's us. And what they get out of him will be wildly hot and cold. Um, and hopefully that when they realize he's cold, they put Jack Campbell in there and he can be okay. Um, yeah, maybe I'm selling Toronto a little bit short, but... Uh, I don't know. I just, I'm not super bullish on them. Um, that's it. Yeah. So we all agree on one, four, five, and eight. So I don't even enough. know who I put a four. That's boring. I forget what I said 10 Boston. seconds ago, man. <laughs> For Boston. <laughs> yeah, Evan, we completely, our lists were identical. Panthers, Lightning, Leafs, Bruins, Canadians, Senators, Red Wings, Sabres. Brad had Panthers, Leafs, Lightning, Bruins, Canadians, Red Wings, Senators, Sabres. The only thing I know for sure is the gap between four and five will be like galactic. Okay, here's here's a question, legit question, and this is actually going to be funny to think about because you won't have the answer right away. What's going to be the bigger gap, four and five or seven and eight? Seven and eight. <laughs> I don't think four and five is going to be galactic. I think the Canadians are going to be a thorn in the side. I think they're going to be enough in the conversation where whatever team is in fourth is going to be nervous until close to the end of the season. And I think Buffalo is Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, you're basically saying will Detroit or an Ottawa be closely as poor as Buffalo? If Buff- <laughs> if we <laughs> that's tough to to stomach. <laughs> 
If we awarded Buffalo four points per win, do they make the playoffs? No. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But not by not as convincingly as you'd hope. Why? They'll be a wild card team. <laughs> All right. Uh, that is our Atlantic Division preview. Thank you so much, Steve, for the assist on that slash the schadenfreude. Uh, I know every time I pronounce that word, I get a lot of comments from our European listeners saying, Ryan, you can't pronounce that. And to that, I say, shut up. How dare you speak to me? No, I'm kidding. I know I, I, I say it incredibly poorly. If I was smart, I'd learn how to say it. Uh, we're rambling, which means it's time for overtime. Overtime on this midweek episode of the Winged Wheel Podcast is brought to you by our Patreon supporters. Uh, they're incredible people. They uh, help support the show, allow us to do the things that we do, uh, allow Evan to do all the research that he needs to do to give us hot takes such as Buffalo Bad. Uh, no, in all seriousness, um, thank you all so much for for all of your incredible support, even through the offseason. Winged Wheel Pod... No, sorry, I always get it wrong. Patreon.com slash Winged Wheel Podcast if you want to support the show and help me learn how to speak good. Revan Lobsaber says, so does Raymond break 50 points this year in the NHL? No. No, he finishes with 48. That's my prediction. <laughs> if he plays 82 games, I'll say yeah. You say, you think... What the hell did this guy smoke oh before my he came over? God. Jesus. If he plays 82 games. He he got into the entire pot of sugar. Well, okay, so out. think about this. What's Lucas Raymond going to be here? Be up for offense power play time if he's playing 82 games it probably means he's still playing in the top six on a scoring line with lots of power play time and if he's not getting that he should be in grand rapids teach says after listening to last episode i don't think i've ever connected with evan uh more golfing and abr and more if i'm able to go to the game and meet up i want him to sign my driver head cover oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes uh miss days says uh after monday if lucas raymond's not on the first line staple to larkin's side to start the season i'll completely lose my mind the real question is what will brad do new patron been listening to you guys since the start of the pandemic keep up the good work miss days thank you so much for becoming a, a patreon supporter and uh yeah i think we we have the same sentiment there Arjun Shanker says, oh my God, they spent so much time in the offensive zone during the power play these past few games. It was so much fun. Raymond looks great out there, and I can't wait to see how this team does in the regular season. I hate you people. Ohio State number one says, uh, John Butchergross says, uh, mentioned us as a potential Eichel suitor. I saw that. And to that, I said, oh, piss off. Yeah, we just got over the Pedersen crap. Not doing this now. While we likely don't have a logical... um, to the rebuild offer for him what would you be willing to give up for eichel um anything not named raymond cider or edvinson in a like whatever that package looks like yeah probably how many losses does ohio state have this year enough to make me happy how many does michigan have i can't think of any can you huh huh interesting huh weird um ryan lee says as someone who loves metal finding out man everyone went nuts for this uh finding out that evan also likes metal music is awesome what was even better though was trying to imagine a very confused brad on a wall of death (laughs) evan what are your top three metal bands you're into right now at this exact second yeah oh man abba Abba. (laughs) um Um, i've been listening Oh, you guys will never even know. Oh, you will know one band. Um, I've been listening to a lot of Slipknot recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, what's his of? what's his son's band's name? Vended or something? Like that? Oh, he's yeah, his, the Corey Taylor's son started a metal band, but I can't remember. And he what the sounds name. exactly like him. 
Well, they'll be good then. Um, I've been listening to a lot of Between the Barrett and Me. Okay. <laughs> this is exactly the conversation, the reactions I get when I tell this to like Catherine or my mother. <laughs> um, what else have I been listening to? More into some, reggae, those two. Some some dance, Gavin dance, but they're not really metal. They're a little more like funk, post hardcore. That's yeah. what I always say about dance, Gavin dance. Yeah, I am so happy that I'm not gonna be the one who gets shit on for listening to bands nobody's heard of before. <laughs> I honestly think there is not a single piece. The two pieces of television that I want the most in this world are one for HBO to do the Road to the Winter Classic series again. Two, just a camera on Evan. <laughs> it's very boring. With his thought, with his thoughts narrated. <laughs> when I tell you, listeners of the Winged Wheel podcast, that Brad and I have probably seen more of Evan than anyone not named his girlfriend, um, which is a weird name for your girlfriend to have, but co- kind of coincidental. Makes it easy to remember. Yeah. Um, we have seen more of him than anyone else, and we have no earthly idea what this man does with his time when it's golfing we are at yeah. ease because we know that that's a safe bet but that's it and every because everyone's i even remember years ago when my buddy from new jersey messaged me he's like yo i'm my band's on warp tour we're coming to toronto i got two vip passes for you and a buddy and i'm like i don't know anybody who listens to anything like me so i, I think i threw it in the group chat i'm like hey either of you guys want to go ryan's like absolutely not and then evan's like yeah, I'll go. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I like, I've been to Warped Tour before and I liked it, but I can't remember what it was. I was like, I don't, I don't have it in me to go. But uh, yeah, Evan. Uh, yeah, then he's dragging me to Being as an Ocean, August Burns Red. <laughs> like, uh, he's already lost in his phone. I, I shouldn't say that. I like drags me. I actually don't mind that music, but not my go to. Um, anyways. Thank you for the interlude, Evan. Uh, Cameron Mugford says, with all the talk of Tangay and Raymond, uh, what would you consider a potential success for the power play this season? Um, we talked about this last episode. I think anywhere, you said, Brad, I think this was fair, anywhere at league average power play yeah. conversion rate. Because when you're talking about the sixth or seventh worst team in the division, you're not getting average typically. Yeah, we're talking about Lucas Raymond, a 20-year-old, 19, 20-year-old rookie running this power play versus power plays that are run by Connor McDavid and David Posternak. <laughs> we're not there yet. Josh Brink says the year is 2025, game seven of the cup finals, tie game 2-2 in overtime. Lucas Raymond slides a no-look cross-crease pass to Shane Wright, who buries the cup winner past the Colorado netminder. The team celebrates by throwing chickpea pasta all over the visitor locker room of the Pepsi Center. Jack Eichel still hasn't been traded. (laughs) Aaron Hudson says power plays that don't make me want to rip my eyes out. Huh, well, this is going to take some getting used to. Um, Babe Landiscog, who's a new patron. Babe Landiscog, thank you so much uh, for your support and for that fantastic name. Uh, says, hey guys, new patron here. Been listening for a few months and I finally joined the Dub Dub Club. Uh, listening as a Wings fan living Why in Chicago. Why the hell have we not been calling it that the whole time? I know. I just, yeah. Dub Dub Club is better. <laughs> Significantly better. Listening as a Wings fan living in Chicago. Why you people listen to us? We're not good at this. <laughs> Who remembers playing backyard sports video games? Oh, yeah. I played the backyard baseball quite a bit. Uh, I asked because I started replaying recently, and I wondered who you would put in to represent the Red Wings now. Up to three players, maybe a wild card. For me, it'd be Larkin, Sider, and Nedeljkovic, wild card of Raymond or Zadina. Cheers from Chicago. Um, 
I think Raymond Sider Nedeljkovic. We're going all call. <laughs> I think that's fair. I think you, if you're going to go forward defense goalie, I think Larkin Sider Nedeljkovic makes sense. Like if if you're just going for the best possible answer, it's Larkin Letty Nedeljkovic. Um, but that's less fun. Um, Ruthless and Toothless says, cool hand, Luke. This kid is something special. He needs stability. Either he stays up or stays down. None of this back and forth crap. Found Brad's burner. Burner. Bur- Brad's burner. Harry Perry says, thanks as always for the pod. Every time I listen, I get hyped for the Red Wings hockey uh, and inevitable draft lottery stream hosted live from Evan's hot tub. We still have to do that hot tub stream. It's just needs electricity and it's up and running. That, hey, man, that hot tub stream will never happen because that implies Evan having to tell us where he lives. <laughs> uh, Twitch's entire business getting leaked today and seeing how much people make. We are absolutely doing that hot, t- hot tub stream. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Wait, what happened? Twitch, uh, everything got leaked. Source code, comments on the source code, usernames, encrypted passwords, how much money their top create, how much money every creator makes. Like everything about that company got leaked. Evan, they found about your two dollars and seventy five cents. Yeah, <laughs> it it all, it's hilarious. All the streamers who always cry about how they don't make any money, and then you find out they're making like two hundred fifty k a month. God. I wish I played video games as a kid more. Or had very large boobs. <laughs> I can make that happen. Ridzy6 uh, says, new patron here. The content is decent, but I really just signed up when I heard Evan was throwing a Patreon-only party in his hot tub. Thanks, man. Can't wait. <laughs> no problem. Uh, thank you guys for taking the time to talk about what happened to Jalen Smerick. His brother, Joe, is one of my best friends. And when we were playing for Little Caesars, Jalen would come out and skate with us from time to time. He is six years younger and he could hold his own. Great hockey player and a better person. I'm glad the hockey world ha- hockey world has had a generally unified response. And I appreciate you guys sharing your piece. Hashtag Raymond for Calder. Ridzi, uh, really appreciate you sharing that. And, and that means a lot for us to hear as well. Um, and thank you so much for the support. Uh, Evan Feats Guy Lobsinger says, Evan's the only one who's ever mentioned a band that I've even heard of yet, uh, man that band that I've heard of, let alone heard before. In other words, if you remove Evan's obsession with golf and weird feet obsession, he's an okay guy. Thank you. Uh, also inaugural podcast episode for a night in with Ryan Hanna, Squid Game. I could talk about, we could talk about Squid Game quite a bit. We were yeah. actually before the show. Yeah. I have some thoughts. Have you finished it yet, Brad? I haven't started it. Oh. Ugh. God. Well, good thing you weren't listening because we just spoiled the entire yeah. thing pre episode. <laughs> good thing I was uh, deep in the dark trenches of Instagram. Uh, Jonathan Melwich says, Hey guys, apart from Cider, who's the potential breakout player this year for the Wings? Uh, we'll, let, we'll let the listeners get that. Guess that one. Everybody loves somebody. Everybody loves Alex Nadelkovich. Everybody loves Alex Nadelkovich. But like, actually, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Dave, uh, David Fantos says, in what reality does Eichel play this postseason? And also, what the difference What difference do you think he makes to a New York Rangers? I don't think the Rangers are the favorites. I think he's going to California. I think the difference he would make to the Rangers is that they are definitely competing harder in that division in the playoffs. Um, I would call him likely for the postseason at this point, probably tipping unlikely for the olympics which is going to be shit for team usa well buffalo just opened up his medical records you know the most important thing a trade partner would need to know and they only waited what six months to do it 
Yeah. That team deserves to fold. Oh, my God. Matt S. says, I don't care if we go 0-82 this year if all the losses are like the last one to Chicago. It was so fun to watch. I didn't even care about the end result. It was a refreshing difference uh, to the last three years. I don't see a reason right now to send Raymond to Grand Rapids. Uh, if we can wish for one thing this season, it's that the power play looks as deadly as it did Monday. Side note, thank you for all you guys do. You kept me thoroughly entertained during my recently completed 17-state, 6,200-mile road trip. Keep up the good work, as always, dubbed ups. That's incredible. That sounds like a blast. I'm extremely jealous. Uh, if you have pictures or an album or uh, video or anything, please share it. And thanks for the support. Drake Moore says, what do the forward lines look like with Lucas Raymond and Bobby Ryan making the team? And who would be the extras? Um, Raymond Larkin, Zadina, Bertuzzi, Suter, Fabry, Ryan Nemesnikov, uh, Ryan Nemesnikov, Ernie, Gagne, Stevens, Rasmussen. Rasmussen. Extras are Smith. Smith and Rowney. Did you have Fabry in there? Yes. Second line. Okay. Not having Verona really makes the top six obvious. Yep. Yep. <laughs> League maximum of $5 says, what was your most exciting year of hockey that you played? Mine was the year that we went to Junior B National Championship in Boston, beating the defending champs as a team from Florida, lost in the semis to the New Hampshire Monarchy. Uh, we were in the playdowns. Uh, we made it all the way to the finals against Stouffville, and we lost, I believe, the game where we lost the championship was a game where we got into a brawl with both the players and the fans from Stouffville in the tunnel. It was um, something Fun. special. Yeah. I'll I'll say this season because it's the highest level hockey I've ever played, but in terms of <laughs> God knows my shoulder will stay in place all season though. So I'll go uh, one year in minor hockey. I can't remember how old I was. Uh, for reference, Kitchener for my age group growing up, we were painfully, painfully mediocre. Mm-hmm. Like we were always floating somewhere between third and six any given year. The one year though, we just went on a tear. Don't know what happened. Won the championship and went all the way to the, I don't, anybody outside of Ontario won't know what this is, but we went all the way to the OHF gold medal game. Like we were crazy good that year. It just all went unbelievably. So we were second best team out of like, 5,000 teams or I don't know how many teams are in Ontario. It was crazy. Um, What is the next comment here? Sam W says, other than the popular comparisons to Marner, who does Lucas Raymond remind you of past or present Red Wing or otherwise? Uh, Mostly Gretzky and Lemieux kind of hybrid. Raymond. I don't know. He's kind of his own guy. He, there's not a lot of players that jump out to me when comparables suck. Yeah, they they really do because he's a little guy, but he's got a hell of a shot. He's not an elite north south skater, but he's but he's so quick, unreal hands, unreal playmaking. Like there there's somebody. Oh my god, oh my god! I think I might have it. Paul Korea. No, oh, that's fun. Yeah, he kind of could beat you any way he wanted, and he yeah, wasn't yeah. very big, but he wasn't like he was. His top speed was probably better than Raymond's is, but then again, Paul Curry is a Hall of Famer. I'm not saying Lucas Raymond's gonna be a Hall of Famer, so yeah, Paul Curry should have one thing on him. Um, Larsh, the prophet of the towering behemoth, says hello, sweetophiles. 
From the depths of the Scandinavian motherland's forests, I have this question for you. If you had to bring back one of these Swedish defensemen and insert them in their peak into today's Red Wings second or second pairing, who would it be and why? Your choices are Anders Eriksson, Andreas Lilia, and Jonathan Eriksson. Anders Eriksson, obviously. Yes, but isn't it funny to think about Jonathan Eriksson in like the 11 odd games where he played to his actual physical talent? Was that him or was that his partner? Could have been. Why? Who was his partner? Mike Franklin says, uh, this might be his own segment, but any insight on what the Wings tweaked slash overhauled on the power play? We're going to talk about that on the Red Wings season preview. Um, but you're right that a lot has changed. James has said, uh, or James says, I've not seen much of the preseason schedule being based in the UK. Who has surprised you the most so far? Uh, I love what to hear what you think. Um, who are going to be the top five point scorers for the Wings? Um and do you think Verona still outscores the rest despite his injury? Keep up the great work. I mean, the obvious answer is Raymond, but we talked about that. So I feel like I need to say someone else. Nick Letty. I'm yeah, I knew he was good. I didn't I didn't think he was this good. Yeah. That's probably the right answer. Top five, any mix of Larkin. Uh, top five, who we think are going to be the top five scores on the team this year. Yeah. In no particular order, I think... Larkin, Bertuzzi are the givens. Uh, I'll even say I'll throw Zadine in as a given. Um, and then I'll go I'll go Fabry Raymond. I think Fabry Raymond is the answer there. Yeah. Uh, Jeffrey Owen Blashill Stand Club says, I've been really impressed with uh, how Jeffrey has been handling this preseason. Let me be clear. This isn't a bit. He knows Lucas Raymond is the future and he's glued him to the captain's wing. No blender, no classic tomfoolery, only goals. The guy's done nothing but heap praise on Raymond. And for some reason, everyone is shitting, shitting on him for doing so. I'm hopping on the Blash wagon. There's nothing but room on here, but I'd suggest hopping on before the wings finish seventh in the division and make the rest of you look really stupid. I agree with almost everything you said. Uh, I love the way he's running the team. I love the consistency. He hasn't been heaping praise. He kind of had to heap the praise because he backed himself into a corner with his comments before the preseason started. So it's good to see because Blashill's notoriously the type of coach who doesn't heap praise in the press. Um, So it's been a breath of fresh air. Uh, which I didn't think would come. Um, and the only reason we're critical is he's given us five years of nothing like this. So this is un- it, it's unexpected and it's welcome. And I said, if he changes just about a lot, a lot of things he does, I, I'm not going to not change my opinion. Um, and so far, hey, good start. Um, do, 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 do. Who are we going to lower spirit says, what's your favorite food to eat while drinking beer? Also, my new movie, All My Friends Are Dead, dropped on YouTube Saturday night, uh, or drops on YouTube Saturday night, October 9th. Uh, check it out. All My Friends Are Dead on YouTube. Favorite food to eat while drinking beer? Man, there's only two like answers here. It's wings or nachos. Exactly. Hot, specifically hot wings. Yeah. And nachos. My favorite pub food and arguably one of my favorite foods is poutine and still the answer here is wings or nachos. Yeah. You need something, you need something nice and salty to go with it. normally i'm the one with the mind in the gutter and come on man Uh, yeah any carbs basically is what the answer is carbs to go with our carbs um josh Terrell says uh have you went watched all or nothing 
uh, on Amazon. I've started it. I haven't actually watched it through yet. Definitely the most behind the scenes access I've seen in a hockey documentary gives me a new perspective on the abuse players' bodies go through. So much of the time, we only see them leave the ice and return with no appreciation for what happened behind closed doors. Kyle Dubas also seems like a really good dude as well. A must watch for anyone who hasn't seen it yet. Uh, Cody Stark says, purchase my airline tickets and hotel rooms for winged wheel podcast night at the LCA. I'm buying three of you a drink except for Brad and Ryan. That's, (laughs) (laughs) that's weird that all three of you have the letter a as the third letter in your names. So when I get your autographs, my left cheek will have the first two letters of all three of your names. And then my right cheek will have the last letter. Get it assholes. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. You guys are the best. See you soon. Normally I got to ask Joe, how high are you? But (laughs) Nick Amalfi says, happy Lucas Raymond Day. Exactly one year ago today, the Red Wings selected Lucas Raymond fourth overall. I remember that day because it started off as a sad one as my favorite guitarist, Eddie Van Halen, passed away. But all that changed when Draper went to the mic and said with the fourth pick in the 2020 entry draft, the Detroit Red Wings are very excited to select from Frolunda, Lucas Raymond. And the pie dance was born. And the pie dance was born. Not Rowan says good day dud duds or whatever he says new patron or something started listening 10 years ago and finally <laughs> felt like throwing my money away and, and simping a bunch of dudes talking into the void knowing full well my money is being squandered on hot tubs home renos and new hockey equipment and paying your way onto teams. <laughs> Last episode, some cheesebag said he couldn't identify his own butthole, and honestly, that was the most shocking thing I've heard. I can easily pick out my own butthole. At the Wing Wheel Podcast Night, please create a game where attendees have to pick whose butt is whose. <laughs> Fire up those phone cameras, get snapping, and have them printed on A1 sheets and displayed. First person who names them correctly gets Brad's hockey stick. To the uh, person from the NSA listening, <laughs> that one right there. <laughs> jersey time he does that right unpopular opinion version name a hockey jersey you like that is mostly disliked by the masses Ooh, that's a good question mine is the arizona set that's currently being phased out by the kachina nobody I, hates those they just like the kachinas better i've heard i've seen a lot of hate for those i, I evan can't even think of what I they look like right now no, I, I can see it on his <laughs> face um universally hated like, what jerseys are universally hated? I can't think of many. That's a problem. Anaheim's is pretty universally yeah, hated. For good reason. Uh, a lot of people hate Carolina's. Calgary's piping jerseys instead of their Ronald McDonald uh, white and orange. Yeah, I, I, I'm with the masses on all these so far. I don't hate the Dallas Stars neon highlighter one. Same, but even I don't feel like that one's that. I see the New Jersey Christmas tree get a lot of hate. I love that jersey. It's a gorgeous jersey. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think the Arizona one, I think the Arizona one does get a lot of hate, and that's one that I appreciate quite a bit. I feel like I get pushback when I when I throw the Canucks spaghetti skate. Yeah. Well, okay. And I love that jersey. I think the design of the jersey overall is good. The logo drives me nuts. I can't stand that logo. Better than their current logo. Fight me. Well... Yeah, maybe. Happy one-year anniversary of drafting Lucas Raymond and four-year anniversary of the LCA, LCA's first NHL game. Stay fresh cheese bags or whatever it is. And finally, vaxxed, waxed, and blocked by Todd Reynolds on Twitter says, no, Brad, it's hi. How are you? <laughs> All right, folks. I knew that was going to yeah. be said. I yep. remember that last week. Yep. Okay, so uh, that is the wrap-up for our divisional previews. Of course, Lucas Raymond and the Red Wings are going to do things that are going to be noteworthy. Please know the next episode isn't coming until Monday, probably early afternoon is when it'll drop. We have to record. It's a holiday weekend here. I know, two Thanksgivings. Um, And we want to get as close to the Red Wings season start for the Red Wings season preview as possible. So next 
weekend episode that's usually Sunday is going to be pushed to Monday. So take note of that. Um, and then we will let you know what's happening for the season, uh, season opener episode as well. There's going to be a live stream and then there's going to be an episode post game. Without further ado, we'd like to thank all of you who are listening. All you new patrons cannot say thank you enough. Uh, patrons who have supported us for a long time can't say thank you enough. Um, all of you people who pique Evan's interest, um, thank you for unlocking this weirdo. No, seriously, uh, we appreciate you all. All our name level sponsors, Arjun Shanker, Eves Bartels on behalf of the Sarah Grand Foundation, Kyle Kragitz, Nick Perks, Brett Bailey, Terry Driver, Crying Ryan, Hannah's Banana, Slam and Jamathong, Taylor Tagel, uh, Brandon M, Brass Balls with a Lemon Zest, Carl Brutana Nanaluski, Citizen High Five, CJ Sully, Clayton Van Dyken, Craig Kibble, Derek Enstam, DJ Denton, Give Blood, Fight Probert, Greech, Hana Lee, Hassam Al Qasem, Jacob Turner, Jake Kiefer, Jeremiah Dobo, Justin and the Angry Mob, Kalen Wood, King Tone, Cody Stark, Kyle Hashman, Kyle McClure, Matt McKay, Matthew M. Rice, R.A., Ryan Hubbard, Scott Martin, Stacey Lynn, Stove Iser Plan, Joe Santangelo, Vaxed Wax and Blocked by Todd Reynolds on Twitter, Zach Spring, Andrew Bohan, Sam Bankson, Adam I Wish I Could Finish Like Ernie, Antonio Gracias, Babe Landeskog, Colorado 14ers, Connor Leighton, Dave W., Dylan Larkin's Fat Ass, <laughs> Evans Bingo Card, Jeremy Brocker. <laughs> John Evans, Josh Yelton, Kevin McCracken, Quaz, Matt Keeler, Matt S, Max One Million Dollars, Revy DeLuca, Trevor Pevavar, Tyler Bertuzzi isn't a team player, Zach Handyside, and Zach McCann, a driving range superstar. See you all Monday. Have a great weekend. Enjoy Lucas Raymond. Thanks for tuning in to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Be sure to check out wingedwheelpodcast.com where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll also find links to other ways to support the show, such as Patreon, official podcast apparel, and more. And don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at Winged Wheel Pod. And of course, the hosts at Brad Crisco, at Ryan Hanna WWP, and at Hockey Town Evan.